Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McCallum. Hari Bimaraju and her big sister, Devija, are not your average high school and college students. They are avid inventors and tinkerers. Hari and Devija have combined their love for community service and technology to make some very special tools for the blind and visually impaired. They also organize events and raise money for blind and visually impaired causes. All of this is done through their company called Donum Busy. Ari and Devija are here today to talk about all of their new tools and outreach efforts with us. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hello, can you both hear me? Yes. Oh, you both are here. Great. Okay. Well, Hari, let's first learn about you. Tell us about yourself. Um, I'm a sophomore in high school right now in San Jose, California. So that's right in the center of Silicon Valley near Apple headquarters. If I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm 15 years old and I started getting involved in service and um, tinkering when I was in middle school primarily. And I really, really like learning. I love school. Um, I do a lot of performing arts. So I'm an Indian classical dancer and I'm part of my school choir for singing. And I'm also a part of my school robotics team. And I've been doing some research over summer um, at a lab in UC Irvine. So those are just some, some of the extracurriculars I like to do. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here with you. And I really love Donum Vizi and the service that we do. Well, how did you become chief technology officer? Did your sister hire you as the company's founder and CEO? Um, I think we like to think of Donum Vizi more as um, more of a foundation and an organization than a company per se. And I think that um, chief technology officer, that kind of just matched the kind of role that I had in the company where um, I was leading a lot of the more technical projects and working with like students who help teach them coding and, and electronics and things like that. So I think the role kind of just followed the work that was already going on. Very cool. Devija, how did you start Donum Busy? What do you do as a CEO? Yeah, so um, in 2012, I actually attended this conference by Shankar Eye Foundation, which is one of our partner organizations today. And like, I'm a dancer, like Hari, and I'm very visual. And it struck me that there's like so little accessibility and education for people with visual disabilities. Um, and so I was inspired to start Donum Busy, which stands for the gift of vision in Latin, because I really feel like um, there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of education and awareness and tools to be built. So as a CEO, my role is primarily, um, I think I do a lot of outreach. I talk to a lot of different organizations, a lot of people. I connect with members of the blind and visually impaired community as well as schools um, and other institutions. Projects, I, I kind of guide um, high schoolers and work with the students involved. I see. You're currently a college freshman and region scholar at UC Berkeley, and you're studying bioengineering. Tell us about that. Yeah, um, so I'm a freshman at UC Berkeley, um, and I'm a region scholar. 
Um, I'm studying bioengineering at Berkeley because I think Berkeley has one of the most rigorous and applied engineering programs in the country, and it's very close to the tech capital of the world. And I hope that being a bioengineering student gives me the tools to more effectively research um, and develop. Um, a lot of BioE is innovative, um, and it's like applied advances in healthcare, and I want to learn how to recognize and approach medical problems. I hope that one day I can be a physician and healthcare advocate, so I'm like hoping to go to med school. Now, how do you balance the college life with running your own organization? Um, I think that I've always been very involved in community service and volunteering. Um, like, they have these, like, those little, like, presidential awards that they give for community service, and I was always, like, way above the volunteer limit for that, even through high school. So I think it's something I really love to do, and I'm always very involved in, so it's naturally, it's natural for me to make time for it. But now that I'm not at home and transportation and stuff is a limitation, I think a lot of the ways in which I get involved are through, like, weekends where I can travel um, and calls, and I communicate a lot through, like, phone calls and emails. Um, and I'm also, like, involved in Berkeley in, like, clubs and organizations that I think do work that's like relevant to what I want to do at Donum BC so I can continue to like learn and apply those skills. Wow, you both are already doing some grown-up activities in community service and technology for the blind and visually impaired. You both love doing them. And and this aligns with Donum Busy's mission to educate communities about the cures and causes for blindness, creating the impact through practical solutions and improving the lives of the blind and visually impaired. This also includes raising money to support and sponsor that special population to help it grow to its full potential. So, Davija and Hari, what sparks your love for creating technology and giving back to the blind and visually impaired community? I think that, for me, a big part of it was growing up in Silicon Valley, I've always been surrounded with technology and entrepreneurship and all of this my whole life. And I think when Divija started um, Donum VZ and I started looking a little bit beyond my own community to places in rural India where there were um, to the students that Sankara Eye Foundation was addressing or even the other visually impaired students in my own community, I started to realize that there was a lot in my life that I take for granted and that a lot of the opportunities, whether they be for visually impaired students or other students, just regarding accessibility and technology are just really not the same here, as same in a lot of places are they are, as they are here. So I think that I really was motivated and inspired to try to give back to the community and to share what, what, what I know, even if it isn't that much as a, as a younger child, to, um, to really do what I can to help the people around me. I think I resonate a lot with what Hari said and sort of to add on to that, the more I become aware of my own privilege and the immense like resources and support I have grown up with and continue to experience, the more I feel like both inspiration and a sense of duty to give back to my community. And the more I become aware, like how much inequality there is both in like healthcare in general in the United States and in accessibility for people with disabilities around the world. And I think that like, as members of this community who are um, able and capable um, and and have been supported so much throughout our lives. Like we really have like a duty to serve and like help the world become like a more equal place. And I think that giving back makes people feel very good about themselves. I think it's one of the most rewarding and healthy and healthiest things. Definitely. Anybody, anybody can do. 
You both have made some new techie items for the blind. I was looking at your the story that ABC News did on you, Hari, in 2016. Your your organization's first project was a periodic table teaching tool just for the visually impaired. What did you call this tool? We called it the Elementor. What, why did you give this tool the, this big name? Um, I think I think basically like we kind of thought of it as like the Element Mentor. Um, so the tool essentially um, t- traces through the electron configuration of different atoms in the periodic table and gives some information about their properties. So it sort of is like a teaching device. So it's like the Element Mentor, so the Elementor. Cool. When did you two create the Elementor? Um, I actually made the Elementor when I was in sixth grade. So that was quite a while ago, back in 2015, I believe. And yeah, as Divijay kind of started to explain, um, it uses like the Raspberry Pi and Arduino um, to, and, and also ele- and also LEDs and circuitry. So the idea is that it has like um, like bright lights for students with low vision, and then there's also an audio interface for students without any vision. And um, it's basically a tool to help make the periodic table more accessible and easy for students to be able to access. Can you both And then there's the physical component that Hari was talking about with the LEDs and um, tactile information and also an iPhone app equivalent that you can um, download for people to use on their phones that uses um, dictation to say everything out loud. Okay. Can you both demonstrate the Elementor so that we can just learn how the invention works? Um, I can show you... I can kind of play the app version for you. So I originally made it with Raspberry Pi, and I also have an app version now. So let me open that up for you, and I can play it out loud. All right. Name or symbol. Here, let's start again. Enter an atomic number, name or symbol. So it says to enter an atomic number, name or symbol. And um, visually impaired students can actually use the phone using voiceover, which is already, um, and using like the accessible technology is already on their iPhones. So they can navigate their keyboard and all that. So if I put oxygen. Atomic number, eight, element name, oxygen, chemical symbol, O, group. 16, Chalcogens, electron configuration, 1s2. So it says that, and then it draws the atom, and then when it gets to the valence electron, it will make beeping noises. 2p4. And actually the idea is that the tool can be used um, by all students, whether they have a visual impairment or not, so it also has a visual interface. And it's actually available on the um, iPhone app store if you would like to check it out. Mm, all right. And, and you both also created an iPhone app to help the blind read medicine labels. How did you do that? Hari, right, do you want to take this one? Sure. So um, for I, I used RFID technology, which is radio frequency IDs. And this is actually pretty common in stores and stuff. We just don't often hear about it too much. But what I did is I had these cheap RFID tags that you would attach to medicine 
um, bottles. And then if you can just scan that using this small scanner that I built and um, using the Arduino and an RFID reader. And then that connects to your iPhone and you can actually store um, information on your phone about the medicine when you buy it. And this can all be done through um, mic input. So you just like, when you buy your medicine, you just stick the tag on. And then on your phone, you would enter in like vocally, you'd enter in like your expiration date of the medicine, how many times you should take it per day, um, when you'll need a refill, things like that. And then when the medicine is going to expire, it will automatically let you know and it'll warn you and it'll like send your doctor an email when you need a refill and it'll send you reminders throughout the day when you need to take your medications and things like that. I see. That's great. The app can scan the labels on the medicine bottles. Give the medicine. Yeah, and actually, Hari um, went to a home for the elderly oh. to present this tool and to demonstrate it to some to individuals who might need this tool or might benefit from it. And she got like a lot of positive response. So it was like really wow. successful. So even though it's like not officially on the um, app store, um, she got a lot of like positive response from it, and she's like hoping to take it to the next step. Wow, this got this got a good response, a big positive response. Now, it sounds like you both have shown your inventions to blind people. What do they think of them? Not not just not just the elderly. How how about the young people? Yeah, so actually, I think one of the things that Don and Beasley emphasizes the most is working with blind and visually impaired people before we like um, go anywhere with our devices because they have the most capacity to sort of um, give us feedback on their devices. Like, for example, this one device that we were thinking of a couple years ago is making a cane that, like, had things added onto it. Like, for example, like a navigation system. And I think that's something um, that people are working on now, like a belt that has an inbuilt navigation system. But when we talk to blind students about it, one of the things that they said is that they really like having their canes the way they are because they like being able to tap it against different surfaces and, um, and judge what kind of material it is. Um, or where the walls and the floor are. And it's also a, a tool for other people to identify them as blind and visually impaired. And we feel very comfortable with their current cane system. So sort of by collaborating with them, we were able to learn what their needs are. So we've shown our inventions to blind folk working in the Lighthouse Labs um, in San Francisco. We've also worked with the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired, the Perkins School for the Blind. Um, Hari's Elementor tool, Perkins School for the Blind, has one copy of it, and a school for the blind in Iowa has one copy for it. So, like, blind students have been actively using that um, for a long time now. So we really, like... Um, have been trying to work as collaboratively as possible with like the community we're trying to help. And we've gotten a lot of positive response from them and a lot of advice and tips that we wouldn't have known. That is really amazing. And your organization has raised money for blindness causes. This includes raising over 7,000 bucks for for free cataract surgeries in rural India. Talk about this and your additional fundraising efforts. Yeah, so one of the biggest ways in which Hari and I have been raising money over the years is by teaching um, summer camps and also camps during the school year. So um, I taught some STEM camps over the summer to elementary and middle school students. I also taught writing camps. Um, and throughout these camps, we, you know, obviously incorporated information about Donum Beasy and knowledge about what we're working on and how 
young people can get involved. And Hari, um, I'm sure Hari can elaborate on this, but as she mentioned a little earlier, she's currently um, teaching coding and electronics to young people. Um, and through that, we sort of help them get involved in like Make Your Fair Boots and stuff so they can have um, a way to learn more about the organization. But through those summer camps, all the money we raise, we donate to Donum Vizi. Also, um, people who have been inspired by Donum Vizi have donated money um, to us to sort of help further our cause. But yeah, so we've mostly sort of um, through a lot of like teaching and like time and energy, I guess. And we have like a lot more we want to do with like current funds and future funds. Yeah. So I actually teach um, I this, I teach classes weekly on Fridays um, to middle schoolers in locally in my area. And earlier I also held like a camp where um, we took like the donations from the coding and electronics classes and donated them to Sankara Eye Foundation who um, does the eye surgeries. And actually when I um, went to Fossil earlier this year, um, like that's Fossil Group in Texas, and we did an International Day of the Girl event there, and we were talking about kind of technology and empowering the youth, and specifically girls. And they also um, helped with, like, funding and things like that. Yeah, and another, and adding on to, like, outside resources, like, as a Regent Scholar, um, they give me money if I want to conduct, like, research or participate in an organization. Um, so hopefully I can, like, ask um, the school to sort of fund this effort. All right. So what's in the future for Donum Vizi? And what are your twos' future college and career plans? Um, I can speak first about Donum Vizi, and then maybe we can speak about ourselves. So for Donum Vizi, in terms of, like, sort of the future support and resources um, we're looking for to grow is sort of we want um, funds to like conduct more technology workshops, startup camps like we did last weekend. We went to San Francisco and conducted a youth startup weekend for eight blind and visually impaired students where um, we basically helped them like build startup ideas from scratch and provided like mentorship and guidance on how to make a startup. Um, and also we want to continue to be involved in the makeup movement. We were also hoping, um, I guess, for ourselves to have some more mentoring and training and tips so we can grow as people and also grow our organization into the next level as a change maker. Um, we want to recruit more high school and younger and college students to help grow our organization and like any connections that we can have to current like leaders in the blind and visually impaired community and also policymakers to collaborate on the next steps for what what we can do would be great and then another thing that we're sort of working on is that we want to partner with other organizations and include more people in making a difference because Donum Vizi has always been about educating and collaborating and empowering with the youth to utilize science and technology um, to innovate and solve problems around us so yeah, so I think that we really want to like train and inspire more people. We want to branch out. We want to educate ourselves and reach out to um, the blind and visually, visually impaired community. How can our listeners learn more about Donum Vizi? Um, they can see our website, which is www.donumvizi.org. 
and um, they can look us up on online on our website. We have a lot of information that's very detailed about the projects that we've run so far and what we're working on currently, who's on our team, all of that. And they can also contact us via the website, and we'd obviously love to talk to them. Facebook is another great way to contact us, both Hari and I. Um, we have a Facebook page, and we also um, would be happy to respond like via our like emails. That's fantastic. A lot of blind people use Facebook, so that helps. Is there anything else you would like to add? Um, really, just we are so excited for anyone to get involved in any way that they can. Um, if that's like attending a, a camp that we run, or if it's participating in a maker fair booth, or even um, in our website, we try to like publish articles written by people, either about their experiences um, being blind and visually impaired or about um, blindness and visual impairment. So like really any kind of way you want to get involved, like Don't Amuse has so much opportunities and we're so like excited to grow. So I just really encourage anyone to reach out to us and see what they can do. Okay. Hari and Devija, you both work very hard and we hope that people will try your new inventions, support your causes and be inspired by your passions. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. You're, you are very welcome. And before we go listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website. That's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. Have you heard? There's a new show on ACB Radio Interactive. This is Jason Castingway inviting you to join me on Artfelt. I will be bringing music to you that stands out, pieces that fill the heart and rouse the body, from symphonies that ring to songs that swing to harmonies that zing. I can make my most fantastic most fantastic dreams come true. And everything in between. My goal is to take you on a musical safari, leaving you with the satisfaction of a journey well spent. So tune in to ACB Radio Interactive for Artfelt. Felt.
every Tuesday evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. For this is where music echoes the thoughts of the soul. The American Council of the Blind has established the Legacy Society to honor and recognize individuals who have communicated their intentions to include ACB in their estate plans via a bequest or another type of planned gift. We want to acknowledge individuals for including ACB in their will while they are still living so that we can thank them for their commitment to perpetuating ACB's good work for years to come. Says ACB President Kim Charlson, more information about the Legacy Society and how you can help is available from Tom Tobin, Director of Development at ttobin, T-T-O-B-I-N, at acb.org or by phone at 800-424-8666, option 5. Thank you for listening to ACB Radio and for considering ACB's future financial needs. ACB Radio The First Amendment reads, People shall not be deprived or abridged of their right to speak. The odds are, the person you just heard is an African American. Because African Americans are twice as likely to suffer a stroke as white Americans. That's twice as likely a stroke could rob you of the freedom to speak your mind. The freedom to shout from mountaintops. The freedom to tell your mother you love her. And it's twice as likely a stroke could take your life. Therefore, it's twice as crucial for us to do something about preventing a stroke. Learn how you can help beat the odds. Start by calling 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. A public service message brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.